First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Do you think there's any part of your mother in Varla? This is so crazy. I post a picture not too long ago, you know, my mother holding me as a baby and everyone like, oh my God, that's hilarious. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're, you, Varla's your mother. Have I ever showed you the picture? No. You're going to freak out. There was, I showed it in my show briefly when I go to cheese and she's holding me. She's wearing a little dress. She has her hair pulled back with a long fall. That's amazing. It looks exactly like me. I didn't even think about this. This is a few years ago. I'll show you the picture. You're not going to Oh, I can't it. wait. So I had no idea that I was dressing up as my mother. <laughs> That's am- And have you been to therapy to discuss this? <laughs> no. Oh my I- God. <laughs> you would be such a good patient for well, a therapist. It's so funny, but I, wait till you see the picture. It I can't is wait. me as my mother and she's holding me and it's the same little pattern of dress that I used to wear all the time. Remember it back at the post office? I yes. We would wear these little dresses. It's creepy. <laughs> so, you know, Varla becomes sort of this figure, this respected figure as far as, I mean, I remember when I first came here, it was like Varla is an operatic singer. That was one of the most beautiful parts is that you were not lip syncing. You were this person. And well, you I had a very high voice then. When I got to 45, my voice lowered like, Octaves. How about I, your balls? Yeah, <laughs> those have finally come out. <laughs> they're, they're, they're grazing the floor now. But yeah, I, I used to sing lots of operatic. And when I did Chicago, you know, the Broadway yes, show, you were, I got you into were, that. Uh, wait, I have it. Mary Gu- Sunshine. Yeah, Mary Sunshine in the revival of Chicago. Right. You were on All My Children. I was on All My Children as a prostitute. As Varla? Well, it was her, her name was Rosemary Chicken. What the fuck? I know. But wasn't it good money? It was great money. Yeah. And it was just unbelievably trippy to have my, you know, my grandmother watch all my children. And then here I am with, you know, Opal and all these people. I just, it was so trippy. It, right. And I was, were you so a, fast? Um, because I, you know, movies, when you do a movie, you know, you do it multiple times. But right. when I went to the set, I had had a terrible, terrible cold and I had to cancel a gig in Australia, a festival. I, and so I had this terrible cold. And so they have me be kind of the comic relief. And I walk up to, in the first scene, they say, let's block it. I'd never done this before. I had done Girls Will Be Girls already, but this was crazy fast. The set's already set up. Yes. There's no what time. They're not setting up lighting. It's already done. So you, I stood there. I was in the jail cell. And I'm talking to the main character and they're like, okay, we're going to tape the, the first rehearsal. 
You don't. Oh yeah, they always tape. They the just first, tape yeah. the rehearsal. Yeah. And so I'm talking to the main character in the jail, and snot comes flying out of my nose <laughs> and lands between her breasts. <laughs> and so the rest of the scene, I'm. Uh, and you saw freaking this, out. Yeah. I freak it out. They say we got it. Move on. Oh my like, god! What are you talking about? I just I, I wasn't just had acting. a snot. I had snot flying. We didn't see it. We didn't see it. But they do. I know because they have to do a new show every day, and when they want to get the, the show, fuck out of there. You see the snot fly out wait. of my I'm nose it onto her breasts, and then I'm have eyes like this. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, because it was my first take ever in a soap opera. My first take ever, and so. And they all have big giant heads in soap operas. It's so oh, weird. Oh, I know. And they newscasters cast, yes, too. Giant heads. And they kept that scene in. That is so fun. Did you watch it? Yes. And you saw the you snot? You can see my snot fly out of my nose, under her breath. And then you see me <laughs> like, you know, not, not being, you know, like if that happened on stage, I would laugh. And, say, and make a joke no, about it. no, but I was so nervous. Yeah. That is. So I just seem like I have a Coke problem. <laughs> <laughs> And so, I would do things too, like her friend comes up to you know in a business suit to say, Greenlee, we're trying to get you out of prison. And I would go, I'd take my eyes and look down at his crotch and look up. And they kept it in, but they do these crazy sound effects. <laughs> like, she's funny. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to not have to be yourself. Oh, yeah, it was great. If I could take in. a break for myself, oh my God. It's so fucking much work being me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go on stage and I have to be a, an even bigger version of me. It's so fucking annoying. No, it was great. I mean, I had, you know, a few opportunities like that. But now, like I'm saying, it, back then it was a little shocking and weird. I think Charles Bush, though, was on One Life to Live for yes, a while, yes. right? Yes. I remember, though, as a kid seeing. Charles Pierce on Wonder Woman mm-hmm. as the villain. But I don't think they ever even revealed he was a man, but he has these giant man hands and they, oh, they do reveal he's a man, uh-huh. but they dubbed his entire voice the entire time a lady talking is him. O-M-G. <laughs> yes. So- you were, I mean, you were definitely not represented on television as a kid. Like you, you had no- well, I just loved Carol Burnett. That's all I wanted yeah. to do. I wanted, but I didn't want to be Harvey Corman or Tim Conway. I thought they were annoying. I wanted to be be Carol, <laughs> Carol and Vicki Lawrence. Yes, you end up becoming, you know, just a major drag queen during the early two thousands. Well, yeah, the internet because. Back then, you had to people work. saw you in Provincetown and then they'd say, hey, we'll book you in San Francisco. But then you'd have to go to San Francisco and you'd have, just have to depend on people who saw you in Provincetown to saying, you got to go see this act. Yeah, everything was word of mouth. Yeah, and the gay rags, the gay the newspapers. Gay ra- that's right. And it was, in a way, I liked it better. I liked it better. You didn't have to be online all the time. I, I just- I, There was I, a lot I, less competition. I had, I really feel like- <laughs> You know, I, I, this is a, I wrote this down in the notes, like, cause I really wanted to talk about social media mm-hmm. because it's a big part of your show and it's a big part of, oh, you, you have know, me to be on it. Now I remember Peaches telling me, Peaches Christ, who does drag in San Francisco, who's always on the trend and, you know, and, and she's been around a long time like me. She was like, girl, you're only posting a picture every month. Like you can't, you're not, you're never going to survive. I remember two years ago, him telling me that. And I'm thinking, oh, all right. And then I and started doing just, a little more, but I did not do enough. I mean, I just, you know, when I'm not doing Varla, I'm not thinking I want to post pictures of me as Varla eating, you know, at Chipotle. And do, right. And also you don't want to have to 
constantly be promoting yourself. Right. But you got to. I mean, you just felt like you laid the groundwork already, but now I feel like I do. I know. I feel like I worked so fucking hard and then YouTube came along. Oh yeah. And, and, and clubs now, comedy clubs will now not, they'd rather book someone who has, you know, 10 million followers on a YouTube video who only can really do 10 minutes of standup, have them headline the show because they're going to fill it up than a seasoned comedian. And it's not just us. It's every profession because I have a friend who works at Clinique and they hire makeup artists who have a million followers on Instagram rather than hire somebody who's been around for 20 years that is very talented because that is who they're selling to. And that is why we have that orange piece of fucking shit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you, I remember this, you were very uh, affected by the hurricane in New Orleans. Yes, it was, I mean, it was terrible for many, many people. But that summer I had filmed a couple of videos in New Orleans, Dark Lady, which is to the share song. And I filmed all these videos in New Orleans. Well, it's like, putting up a picture of the trade towers, like right, right after mm-hmm. everybody be like, Oh, so I was doing these videos in my show and you know, how do I change my whole show because of a hurricane and people, I had to go out there and I would be weeping all day long because you lost I everything loved. in Katrina. Well, right? I did not, but I did not know. I, you know, I, you did were not here. Know. I was here and you just have to keep performing. I remember that I had a gig in Rehoboth the day after Katrina hit and I'm watching on TV, the, um, the, the water rolling into the town. I'm watching people on roofs. And then I had to go perform in Rehoboth. And I was like, Mark, I cannot, my, my agent, I was like, Mark, I cannot go. I, I, I was a wreck. I mean, I just thought everyone I had knew was gone. I thought everything was gone. We didn't know. And I remember telling them in Rehoboth, I couldn't go. And they, they were going to sue me. They were going to sue me because oh. I wasn't coming. And Mark Sendroff. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I, very excellent attorney. Me, he yeah. said, look, you actually, it is an act of God, but you're not there. Sorry, you have to go. Jimmy James went for me. Isn't that sweet? That's Jimmy James really- went for me, made a bunch of jokes, and they were appeased. But they were going to sue me, so I had to send someone. So I paid for Jimmy to go and Jimmy went and was very kind to Jimmy to do that for me. Uh, very kind. Thank but you, Jimmy. I could not even do my show. How I, could you? I do and my show. Only- I play the videos and there's Bourbon Street and I, I had to take them out, but I had to figure it out too. But I was so weepy all day long. I mean, it, you know, I just couldn't take it. I remember that because I remember everyone was like, Varla doesn't know. Uh, I said, how, how is Jeff's, you know, oh, he doesn't know yet. He yeah. doesn't. And I, it was, it was, it was awful. Bad. Yeah. I remember that. And I was just, then I started doing yoga and stuff because my mind, I could not get it off of New Orleans. I just couldn't get it. And then I wasn't allowed to go home till November. So I was up here in Provincetown with, you know, a few pairs of shorts. And I then, remember this. Yeah, yeah. So then I went to San Francisco with my friend. And we lived out there for a little while, but it was a weird time. Believe me, so many people had it much worse. I'm like, you know, going to Provincetown in San Francisco. People had nowhere to To go. go. People had nothing. I still had my money and, you know, I just, I, you know, I was sad that I might've lost my house, which I actually did not, but it was hard, but it was so much harder for so many people. And- did you hate George Bush at that time? Oh, yes. Yeah. And because we all whole, seem to forget. Yes. But now. <laughs> now it's like, it. bring him back. Bring him back. I but had, I really hated. I, I remember 
I, I, whenever I I think, oh my God, bring ba- him back. I, I was yeah. nauseated every time I heard him speak. Oh yeah, 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 me too. And I actually had a song in my show that year and it was a big American flag. And I talked about how much I traveled and I had, I had to lie and tell people I was from Canada. That was the big thing. And at the end I ripped everything off and on my panties, it said no bush. I mean, you know, I had the, and I had the, 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 um, the maple leaves on my tits. And at the time, you know, it just, he seemed horrible, but. <laughs> I know, but now, you know. You know what though? He's a gentleman. And I know that sounds. That's true. And bullshit. he had respect for the office yes. of the presidency. Yes. He had respect for it. And I, you know what? I don't, it's back then where I think that he had different policies that I hated, but I now I look back, oh my God, he wasn't a terrible man. He was right. a he good man in many, many, many ways. Absolutely. And his, <laughs> you know, his wife and daughters are very pro LGBTQ yes. and pro women's rights. No, I think but, they're gentlemen oh, and, and, and good people. They're good people. They just had different ideas. Right. This is a different situation. This is a beyond. Yes. Be, I mean, so I'm curious as to, you know, you're 29, you're, you've created Varla, you lose all this weight. Now, did you just do it because you weren't weren't voraciously hungry anymore? Was it because I just you felt satisfied? Anymore. But at the time, I was doing a modern dance piece with this guy Mark Dendy. Do you know who mm-hmm. that is? He mm-hmm. used to do drag called Sandy Sheets. He did this crazy piece. We did it in New York City at the Joyce. And oh he yeah, yeah, yeah. It. it was two Najinskis. Two therapists. It was so out there. It was so weird. And I had already done Chicago, and. Uh, I was already started Chicago in 96. So he had this dance piece and it got crazy great reviews. And there was two Martha Grahams in it. It Mm -hmm. was so bizarre. And I would play this therapist and I had to dance and do modern dance. And I just, I was doing it at a corset and I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, this piece is so brilliant. I do not want them to cast someone else because I can't. Because you're fat. And I just lost the weight. I had this crazy thing in my head that you can't put more gas in the car until you drive the car. <laughs> I know that sounds silly. Right. Oh, that's I good. That's eat, good. And I then would I eat thought, properly and sparingly yeah, at every yeah, meal. Yeah. So then I, exactly. So then I would eat, but then I'd get on the treadmill or, you know, I would do stuff. I wouldn't just sit and watch television. I, I would, and then I thought, well, I don't want to do the treadmill so much, so I won't eat the shit. So then. So I don't have to do the treadmill. Yes. Yeah. So how did the world treat you as, as Jeff. Oh, all my jokes after, were fat jokes. Huh? It's, no, but a, after, yeah. like when, when you were Jeff in the world yes. and you weren't Varla and you were just skinny Jeff that no one knew or did the world treat you differently? Oh yeah. I think just not being a fat person, you know, yeah. I'm sorry to say, but when you're a big giant fat person, people look at you and say, oh, they're thinking in their head, no matter how kind they are, they're thinking you're big and fat. And you're lazy and yes. you're this. And it was yeah. a big issue with it's me. Horrible. And I knew that. And now as a thin person, I am so sensitive. Yeah. When you see a big fat person, what do you think? It hurts. I feel pain. Yeah. I feel. I do too. I mean, I understand, you know, you what just it's like. You want to hug them. And yeah, it's just something's going on. Absolutely. Something's going on. Right. Now, look, we all have problems. And so we don't show them in everyday life. They're showing the problem. I had somebody come up to me last night after the show that has an eating disorder and told me and was like crying. And you know what it's like when mm-hmm. you want to get involved, but you, you can't. You know, you can't. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. But I, I know what that issue is like. I, yeah. I like when I see a very tall, mm-hmm. awkward, does it not, not athletic. Yeah. I just want to go hug them and say, you know, it's yeah. going to. Oh, no, I know. But, you know, 
after I lost the weight, mm -hmm. just as you get older, you have to change your material. I had to change my material oh. overnight. I was all fat jokes, all fat jokes. And there's a movie. Do you remember that movie with Parker Posey, like Steve and married Steve, what, Adam and Steve, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. She plays a comic who yeah. loses all this weight and still does her fat jokes. Right. And no one knows. It was the same way with me. I had to totally change my material because I wasn't fat anymore. And all my jokes were fat jokes. And so then, you know, a fat comic has a lot to... <laughs> to weigh on, pardon me. Hey now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you have to, I had to totally figure out. And that's kind of what developed Varla as well because I couldn't do fat jokes anymore. I had to figure out other material. And, and so it all sort of happened you did. at the same time. I did, I figured it out. You know I love my liquid IV. That I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! I want to talk about a couple of things, but one is how you come up with ideas for the show. Because after Hillary, quote unquote, lost, right. quote, unquote, <laughs> yeah. quote, 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 unquote. First of all, I cried. Yeah. I was sick to my stomach. Oh, yeah. I remember, you know, my father died when I was in my 20s. And I remember that, you know, like when you wake up after the death of, you know, and you're, you're up for a second. And then you go, oh, right, everything sucks. <laughs> um, I remember going to a bar in New yeah, Orleans. That's how I felt. And we I had felt. had dinner yeah. and we walk in and no one's in there. 
because they knew early, we knew. And no one's in there. And just, I remember the mood and I remember, oh my God, this is, a bar is not where I need to be right now. You know, we thought we were going to have fun and celebrate. Right. And it was just, everybody left. Sick, everybody Sick did. to my stomach. Yeah, yeah. Like physically ill. Yes. Wanted to throw up. Yep. So then you do a show about female empowerment. Yes, right after that. Right after I did that. a show. I was going to do a show. I'd already had the idea to do it about Hillary winning. And then I thought, oh my God, it needs to be done more now. Like it's even you know, more important. It's more important. Yeah. Yes, just about amazing women in history. And that that's the greatest. I mean, that's what's so great about you. Well, I mean, I had to, you know, and also I didn't have another idea. Well, <laughs> but, but then it just seemed more important. And then it seemed, you know, my director is so great. Michael Shirali, he directs, you know, Jackie Hoffman mm-hmm. and Miss Coco. And he was like, yeah, you still got to do it. Just do it. Yes. And I was like, oh, it was, and it was really good to do. Oh, Jackie Hoffman. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Very Jewish. I yeah, should do yeah. like 10 of those. But so each year, you know, do you take the show that you do in Provincetown and then travel it around and then travel do an, around. and then do another show the following yes, year? Yes, following year. And the year before that, the year of the election, I remember I did a show called A Little White Music. Now, it sounds crazy, <laughs> but it was all about things that white people had done. Like I Dream of Jeannie. I Dream of Jeannie that we talked about earlier. And I did a big thing at the end of the show is from Baghdad. She's Iranian. <laughs> now anybody right. bad on the show was from obviously from uh, was Iranian right. her father who had the accent and her right. sister Serena who was but they were all dark haired people so it's so interesting even that show we're it's teaching. just the, the racism. Yes, yeah. the racism. The other sh- you're <laughs> yeah. not, you're the other yeah. yeah Jeannie was bubbly and blonde right. from Iran <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but the good one. Right. All the bad people were dark and had accents. Right. I mean, it's just, It was know. the same on the monsters. Yes. And so I did a whole thing about that. And of course, Jesus, you know, I mean, I, I had a whole thing in the show what Jesus really would have looked like. You know, it was a National Geographic. How about how people don't realize, they just want to believe think that- he's sandy, blonde. Right. And white. And sorry. Yeah. I mean, even that Kelly, uh, what was her name? Yeah. Yeah. The, Kelly, uh, uh, the one who had blood coming out of her, um, <laughs> Megan Kelly, yeah, Megan, Megan Kelly. Kelly saying that Santa Claus was white. Why do you, and who gives a fuck? Who, who cares? fucking cares? He's not real. It's just ridiculous. It's just like hilarious. But I've often thought, what do you think? Do you think that people one day drag will be in the same boat? You know, you can't dress up as a black person. You can't do all that. Do you think that drag will one day be in that boat? I've often wondered why is drag sort of given, because people could freak out about it. And I do remember for a time in the 90s that, um, that drag was not welcome, definitely not welcome, that people thought people were making fun of Do you think that was- do you think that was also a product of the AIDS crisis? Could be, definitely. Um, but I've often wondered, you know, drag is so big now. And, you know, it's... it's you know, it, uh, uh, Jeff, I mean, comedy is so big. Yes. I, 30, I've been doing it since I'm 19 years old. <sighs> and... Yeah, it was, I don't know if I even mentioned this on, ever on the podcast, but they recently interviewed me a few months ago because Amy Schumer yeah. was performing pregnant and Ali Wong pregnant, yes. you know, and 
so they were going to, I, I don't remember know. Judy they, Gold pregnant. They, yeah. If they were going to do a, an article on pregnant, I think we talked yeah. about this, at, at, about pregnant comedians doing comedy when they're pregnant. And I, I was up there till like literally a few days before yeah. I gave birth, but they're the first yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I, you know, and I'm writing this book right now and I go back to these comedians like Moms Mabley and Jean Carroll, who no one talks about, um, who really were, who really set the stage mm-hmm. for, and, and I know you feel like this. I definitely feel yeah. like, uh, Hey, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> yes, and I remember also when people weren't out, mm-hmm. um, like in the early two thousands or yeah. something, and we would all be on these, you know, the glad media awards yeah. and the HRC, uh, and, and, you know, and, and now I don't even get invites, let alone right. I've hosted <laughs> your events yeah, I know. and it's like, well, Robin Roberts came out, so we're going to use her. Or this one came out or Caitlyn Jenner, came, you know, is right. And you think of all the people who really are carrying the baggage. Right. Well, there was a, a girl that just posted a, a RuPaul girl and I felt bad for it because she's a really nice girl. But she, her ad said, the world's first drag magic show. And oh, you know, God. <laughs> you know oh, like, oh my God, God. my poor friend Cachetta, God rest her soul, will uh-huh. be returning in her grave. And she wasn't the first. Right. So it's just so interesting. You can't say you're the first of anything. Come on. You know, and I felt bad for the girl too, because people went crazy. You know do you do you feel like I mean, I know what it's like to be an aging comedian. Okay. And I feel like I'm funnier. I mean, I get funnier as I get older. And because I have so much more life experience and I'm fearless. Yes. You know, there's no fear after like 50, 45, right. 50. You're like, oh my God, I've heard every shitty thing I could possibly hear about myself until then Twitter came. And that, but yeah. now I hear even more shitty things about, but there's nothing you can do that hasn't done been done to me before. I've been humiliated. Yeah. I've been, and yet, no, we want to hear the new... No, I know. And I definitely feel, and people have told me that like the show of mine, the best people have said, this is the best one. And you think, you know, uh, thank God that, you know, I haven't, maybe maybe I'm finally peaking, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, I do find that I just have so much more to say and that, you know, I don't feel that I've gotten less funny. I think people get less funny when they try to do the same comedy. Comedy is also, there's comedy that's in fashion. You can still be yourself, but people adapt and and morph to fit the times. Like Joan Rivers constantly. Oh, did. please! I have Const- her oh. in my book. Yes, Joan Rivers. <laughs> yes, but you have to slightly change. You cannot do the same. You know, or you know, Buddy Hackett Absolute. would still be around. I mean, there's yeah. yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you have to change, Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Um, and as long as you allow yourself yeah. to change in the world. Because you, as a comedian, we are communicators. We are communicating. We're not right. just telling people, look well, at me, And we're making me. you think. Yes. And there's intent, nuance, and context, mm-hmm. you know? And people don't take the time. It's like, oh, I heard that word. That word, that's a bad word. I'm not going to yeah. laugh. And, and then they hate you for the rest yeah. of it. Like, I can't do Trump jokes yeah. in a mixed Trump crowd. Because once you do a Trump joke- they hate you. They don't want to hear another word right. coming in. Never with off. any other president. No, why Never. is that? Because he, he has no 
no sense of humor because yeah. you have to have some sort of self-respect yeah. and also you have to have um isn't it crazy humility yeah. you know and they're like no he's defending he's defending fuck you fuck you can't even have the white house correspondence like, dinner anymore. right right because he's such a fucking coward yeah he's a fucking coward yeah <laughs> he is ruined all right yeah <laughs> Social media, uh, which we touched upon a little bit, is a huge part of your show now. And the way, and it's like, it was so, I, I loved what you did because I often will go on social media and I'll say, wow, this person has so many, like 2 million, I have no idea who the fuck they are. And then I look up James Taylor and he has like, you know, 60,000 followers. And it's- yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, well, I do think Barbara Streisand uh, only has under a million followers. Lady Gaga has like 40 million, but then Kylie Jenner has 140 right. million. For what? Yeah. What is the talent? Right. I know. Well, it's just so interesting because, and I talk about it in my show, this guy came to my show in, in San Diego and loved the show and had never heard of me before, but couldn't, he just loved it. And he said, we have these drag race girls come on and the, you know, the, the people get so disappointed because they don't have a show. I want to book you. But then right before he booked me, he realized I didn't, I only had <laughs> like 25,000 followers uh, at the time on Instagram and then didn't book me. He said, I can't, you know, we can't take the risk. Isn't and that like, disgusting? Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you like the but, show or But anything. a lot of our our people who come to our shows are not on Instagram. Are not. And are, so I'm on Twitter a lot yeah. because it's, it's words. Yeah. It's not pictures, photos. And yet everyone's like, eh, Twitter. Nah, nah. <laughs> First it was Facebook. Now it's like, eh, <laughs> and now it's Twitter is fuck you. And now it's like, Insta I don't want to make a video. Yeah. I don't want to fucking take pictures of everything. <laughs> I don't fucking want, I have other shit to fucking do. Yeah. But I have to now. Like I, I know. Is it, don't you resent yeah. it? Uh, you know, a little bit. Yes. I, cause you know what I do mm. is hard because yeah. if you're not on TV, it's impossible to watch your followers go up. I mean, you're literally asking a hundred people a night to, 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 to follow you. Right. And, and then, then tell do, all their five. friends. Right. Yeah. And so it's just, you, when you see somebody gets on TV and suddenly they have, you know, they have like, 800,000 followers and you're like, oh my God. But the power of that, it does translate to people who want to book you. It's, right. It is a definite and thing. And it's fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. I, I don't know if there's an equivalent for stand-up, maybe, you know, Last Comic Standing right. or, I, I don't know. It must be so difficult. Well, I remember me, Miss Coco, Sherry Vine, and Jackie Beat. We were in Whistler, Canada, and this is a few years ago. And um, and uh, we we were with Bianca too, but we were all sitting at the and who Bianca is great, Bianca Del Rio, because she also will say know your elders. You know, he's always been a right. very, and we'll hire like he's hired Sherry Vine to open for him at Wembley Stadium. Wow, you know, so I mean, he's really great. But we were all sitting there thinking, oh my God, we're we're done, we're all done. And, but we all still have worked. You just kind of adapt. You it. still work. Yeah, but you still work. But it's also, you are working for your older crowd. But, you know, as we know, you need younger fans. So you try to get to them. But it is, you know, it is difficult. It's so hard. I mean, and just, just think of all the work you put in. Uh, you do everything right. You do every fucking thing right. And then, sorry, that's not the way we do it anymore. You have performed at Carnegie Hall. Yes. The, what's the opera house? The, uh, in Australia. Oh, yeah, the Sydney Opera House. Yes. You were on Broadway. Briefly. <laughs> and, you know, you've had such, like, 
different kinds of success, which is, you know, I don't think the people on RuPaul's Drag Race will have such a full sort of career. Well, you got to deliver. I mean, you know, I mean, just, and the, the, the girls on Drag Race that have done really well deliver. Like Jinx Monsoon right. is great. I you love know, Jinx. full show. You know, Bianca is great. I mean, you know, uh, a Ben de la Creme mm-hmm. is just great. And, but these are people who are actors who kind of had their shit together before they went on the show. Right. Can you imagine now you're a star and you have nothing right. to sell? I mean, oh, that's what be. that's what happens. Like yeah. these comics, yeah. like okay, go do forty five minutes. Yeah. I, they can't. They can't. So, one thing I've learned at your show is how much you guys, you know, drags drag performers respect one another mm-hmm. and help each other out. Yeah, a lot, a lot have. I mean, you know, like I said, Miss Coco. In, I talk about her in my show. I met her in New York City, and I was stalking her basically. <laughs> and she gave you her mailing list. Yes. Which is what we have. From the West Beth to, Theater. Yeah. Cause she had, remember he did his show at the West Beth Theater on the West side. Remember yes. that theater? Yes. For years and years and years. And, you know, I was able to use that mailing list. Um, and just nice, you know, just right. nice people. I mean, but you know, of course I've worked with others that have not been, but I oh, find of course. you're That's- one of the two. You're either afraid someone's taking what you want or you're confident you want to help other people. Because there's room enough for you. everyone. Yeah. Do, do you miss the down and dirty part of being a drag queen? What do you mean down and that dirty? That down, you know, that culture of like, you know, because eat for, even for stand up, that fucking basement where it's just a, a disgusting oh, room yes. with the I mean, brick wall well, and it's now, just, yeah. Drag is for, drag is literally made for kids. It's made to be on right, television. The libraries, you know. They PG-13, get- it's made, drag was not that way when I started. It was subversive. Yes. It was people expressing themselves, doing whatever stupid shit they wanted. Right. I, rem- and, you know, I remember stuff in New Orleans and San Francisco, you go places and people would do the craziest right. stuff that made no sense. But you were like, oh my God, that was so weird. Like And interesting. You know, interesting. I mean, now it just has to be TV non-threatening. ready. Yeah. And non-threatening and TV ready. And I feel bad for some of these girls because well, I don't feel that bad, but they do these shows for kids. Their biggest fans- some of my colleagues, their biggest fans are 14-year-old girls. Right. And their then three years them. later, they're like, oh, fuck that person. They can't. And they go and they say that. words. Yeah. Like Jinx has often said, like, you know, people come to the show and not knowing what they're getting because he never did it on TV. And right. he's filthy, you know. And these mothers are racing their kids out <laughs> because they didn't know that's what they were getting. Hey, everyone. You know. One of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 
60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get... 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Do you get a lot of hate mail? Never. <laughs> really? Never. Oh, I got to get so much hate Maybe mail. they don't know where I live. <laughs> You really do? I oh don't get my any. God. See, I don't do a lot of political stuff. Right. And my stuff is character driven. So it's not, you uh, know, I don't really, I, I, but I never get any. Any no homophobic or. No, that's never. amazing. That's amazing. I only get like, now I find what's I crazy. I get a lot of anti People send me dirty pictures on Instagram and on Facebook. Like of their dicks and <laughs> yes. stuff? Yes. What it's is that? What is like, no, I, I can't even imagine taking a picture of my vagina <laughs> and going here, isn't this hot? It's yeah. like, what is that? I don't mind it. Please send more. Oh God. <laughs> what do you think? I find this interesting and, and see if I want to know your opinion on this. I feel gay male comics have it so tough. Do you find that? I just like in Provincetown, there's no gay you know, male comics anymore. Like I think, I think men drag, have it easier yeah, yeah. than women comics. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, but I think that there have been, there's so, there's such a lar- higher percentage of, of the women comics. There's a high percentage of lesbians because right. it's really a very, non-feminine art form. It's right. not, you know, you're not demure. You're not. No. It, it, and it's powerful. And, you know, it's interesting because I know some, some gay, some comics who won't come out. Yeah. And they think it's going to affect your career, but you can't be a good comic unless you're brutally honest. Yes. I don't know how somebody so, would do that. Yeah. I think it's a matter of just it's the same thing. It's the building up an audience. Like when right. we got to Provincetown, I mean, I spent hours every day handing out flyers on the beach. Oh my God, can you remember each- that? Oh my God. I had such good legs, <laughs> but I'd be like, Hey, come to my show. And then you had a fucking chat with them. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to go yeah. home. Well, I go to Puerto Vallarta now and you're supposed to do that. And I just can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> That's awful to go to the beach and ha- hand out your, to go to the beach in drag and hand out flyers. No, 
And it's so fucking hot. I mean, it's it was hot, hot for me and I wasn't oh my in drag. God. I used um, to do that though. I remember going here to the beach in high heel shoes and a bikini. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I know, my first year. I wonder about the gay. I mean, Bob Smith, um, who was my best friend, right, yes. who God rest his soul. Who has that great chapter about Phyllis. Yeah. Oh, Phyllis. <laughs> yeah. Is she still alive? Yes. She looks like a million bucks. Oh, hi, Phyllis. She looks like a million bucks. Phyllis Schlossberg. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved her calls. I know. You, you, got, you don't have any people in your, you, you got to get out there. You're flyering. You're flyering. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's easier for male comics in general. I think a lot of them. I'm just saying the gay community. Well, like, I mean. Wow. But Mario Cantone. Yes. Um, but that was kind of the last one, right? I mean, oh, Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner. Yeah. yeah. He's huge. So that's. Yeah. But it's funny in Provincetown, there's no gay male comic headliners. There used to be all yeah, the time. No, that's what I'm saying. Drag uh, now. Is it like, okay, we have so many drags. We can't have any more men. I think it's <laughs> yeah. probably harder because, you know, a, a gay guy would probably rather go hear a drag queen. A drag queen. Then, you know, some guy comic. God, thank God I do drag at this time. Yeah. See, now you're worried about <laughs> yeah, the. First of all, I think you're so, I just really want everyone to look up Varla Jean. Just look up Varla Jean. Follow Varla Jean on Instagram <laughs> yeah. because it's so, you're classy. You're a classy drag <laughs> queen. you saying something. Yeah, no, you are. You're just, it's just, it's such pure entertainment. Now, um, I always ask all my guests to, to, about two things. Okay. Number one, we're very pro mental health. Okay, okay yes. I suffer from anxiety, as you know. I, I took my too. it's the worst. I, and just recently, really? I, oh my god! Two nights ago was the first night that I actually had sort of a panic attack during my show for no reason, where my mind just started going into a loop. I'm like, uh -huh. what's happening? Right? Because I just kind of had a hard week with some stuff, and so I um, I it's just yeah, I've it's never so quite difficult. had anxiety, but I find as you get older, your brain starts to fucking play tricks. I right? Mean, I, it's, well, it's, it's weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've done cognitive behavioral yeah. therapy, which is great because it gives to you tools. Something. Yeah, meditation, but you learn to go. You know, I've learned to, but it's taken years okay, I'll have that weird thought that you can't get yeah, rid yeah, of. Yeah. And then you go, you have to identify it. Like, okay, that's coming from, it's not real. It's not reality. It's yes. just a thought. It's just a thought. It is not reality. Right. And you have to learn how to say, okay, bye. But your brain is doing, you know, it's like. It's, yeah, I, it's I a, need to look into that. Yes, it's, it's so healthy. Yeah. yeah, you have to be able to identify you know, there's a book called Radical Acceptance, which is all about, because um, I suffered a very bad clinical depression, which is about, you know, I have to take meds. Do you, have you ever taken any no. meds? Okay. So, and I, and I, and I understand why people are like off their meds and it's just, you know, I, uh, one of my meds is Paxil and it, I've gained, you know, 30 pounds from it. And so then I've tried to get off and then I get really anxious and depressed and I'm like, okay, I'll be a little fat mm. and not wake up every morning, you know, suicidal, right, yes. you know? So, you know, it's a, we try to break the stigma here, but it's yes. Cognitive behavioral therapy. I can give you books too. I need books. And working out is really helpful. Well, I do so much of that. I know. I, can't really do <laughs> I know you can't do any more. I mean, you're I, yeah, I, muscle I, man. Yeah, every now and then I just, you know, my brain, it just, it just can't turn it off. It just will think it's the awful. nuttiest 
things. Yes, always. In a loop and the impending doom. Right. The doom is the is the, the worst do- part. Yeah. Like it's this doom. is going to be in my, I'm going to be like this forever. Right. And that's, that's why I can't wh- smoke pot or anything. Yeah. That's why you, ha- that's when, why you should, if you had the tool of saying, okay, this is not reality. Yes. This is in my head. Yes. So I can either spend time, you know, invested in this bullshit that my head is making up yeah. or I can move on with my life. It's funny because a lot of things you just said are in the movie Fight Club. Right. <laughs> because I just wrote, <laughs> like obviously someone had therapy right. who writes Fight Club. I think it was written by a gay guy. But it's funny because every, every words you say are my lines in Fight Club. This right. is not reality because you know she's the same person. Right. We're doing a show called The First Wise Fight Club here. Oh, that's but- <laughs> hilarious. Um, what did you want to ask me about mental health? Uh, no, that was it. If okay. you were on meds and what you do. Okay, I'm not on meds. No, but I do have sometimes panic attacks and right. I had them when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, just recently, they've come back a little bit, which is just so weird. I don't know if I'm just. Maybe because you're in a transitional period. Maybe so. I mean, it's just been. By the way, what? after my show last night, this guy comes up to me and he's like, oh, you're so funny. So what's your story? And I said, what do you mean? He said. Your story. Tell me about your story. I said, what story? I mean, you just fucking heard me ranting for over an hour on stage. He's like, you know, your story about transitioning. (laughs) I said, I'm not transgender. (laughs) He said, oh, you're not. I said, no. He goes, I didn't. I hope I didn't offend you. No, I don't care. You know, you didn't offend me. There's nothing wrong with being transgender, but like, where the fuck did you even get that from? (laughs) And then Elisa comes, Elisa comes over and goes, I wish she was transgender. But, um, okay. The other thing I always ask, because it's called Kill Me Now, is what, now it could be anything. Pisses you off more than anything, like makes you fucking crazy. And it could be anything. Like I, I know I've used this example before, but like when people are looking at their phones while they're walking up the stairs of the subway and I'm trying to fucking get somewhere and you're just like, and, and people who walk down the street looking yes. at your phones and, and, and don't, and I have to like wave like you fucking asshole. Yes. So what fucking, it could be anything. Uh, I driving or whatever, I cannot stand when you make a mistake. Like, okay, I've been in cities where I don't know. And I, cause I drive a lot in different cities and you're like, don't know where you're going. And then you, you, you wait or do something. And right. then someone gets so mad at you and you're like, I'm sorry. And they just keep doing it. Like they get, I've had people follow me honking horns, flipping it like for right. t- 10 miles Elisa after that. Does that. Like, are you kidding me? Like, let it go. Like what is let it line? go? <laughs> it drives me out of my mind. No pun intended. So much yes. f- f- that I have, like, I remember one time in Cleveland, somebody did that to me and this is going to sound crazy. And then I got so mad at this woman. She just kept going, fuck yeah. Fuck, like screaming it. Cause I didn't know which exit I was right. getting off. So then I just started following her. I just Good for started you. following her for like 20 miles. I'm not kidding you. Right behind her. Just right behind her. Scaring the shit out of her. And, and she finally pulled into different driveways and whatever. And I pulled right in behind her. Uh-huh. I got out of the car. Like, thank God this is years ago. Yeah. And I, she, she's like scared to death. And I'm like, I just wanted to make sure you knew I was sorry. No way. 
What'd she say? She was freaking out, like trying to call 911 on her phone. I mean, I just scared the shit out of her. And I was so calm and I felt this fire. It, it was so weird. I mean, I totally, road rage, all I get with people, but I was just so mad that she, I was trying to tell her I was sorry and that she, it just drove me out of my mind. And did she, she wanted did she to just react? Like, make me pay. Oh yeah, she was scared. I scared the shit out of her. I scared the shit out of her. But You could have done a Jew, more Jewish approach of- <laughs> You know, I just wanted to let you know I'm new here and <laughs> I couldn't find the exit and I just just wanted you to know that that I feel really welcome now in this town. You know, something like to fucking make her feel like I shit. scared the shit out of this woman. Good for her. And I've done that a Good couple of times where somebody's like I've tried to apologize something and then they're like so crazy that then it makes me crazy. You know, I have had these are two things like with the driving is um, when I see a Trump and like I saw a Trump and NRA sticker here in Provincetown at Max Seafood. When I see a Trump sticker, like I have to look at the person. I have to see what they look like and think, I feel like bumper stickers are like tattoos for the car. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. They are. And, and it's like, why would you, he's such, like, I, I don't put anything on the car on purpose because, yeah. you know, but, and I lease, but I remember, you know, we're in on the Cape and there's, um, we were driving to Provincetown and we were passing this car and it had a W sticker on it. And this was a couple of years ago. And I was like, fuck that asshole, you know, and he was going to Provincetown. He had a, like a convertible and uh, had a big W and I'm like, how Fucking that fucking George Bush is a fucking asshole, and he's fucking driving with it. And I, and Elisa was like, Judy, it means Wellfleet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going crazy in the car like an asshole. But um, yeah, driving is yeah. And I'm afraid of the guns now. Oh well, one time in Los Angeles, I was backing out of a driveway and I couldn't see because there's these trees and everything. And this this van came to a screeching halt. And he was like, "Fuck you!" And I was like, "I said," and I I usually don't do this. I said, "Slow down!" And I look back, and he has a gun. No and way! He, and he just waves a gun like this and puts it back on the thing and goes down. Like, oh my god! He was just waving a gun. Yeah. It's really sick. The yeah, gun I do not. Is so people sick. get crazy in the car. Yeah. I just have to. Do you <sighs> own a gun? Do I know? Yeah, I don't either. No, I don't want to. I know. You know, I and just. I don't th- and people can own guns. I'm fine with that. No, they're but fine. But we don't need an. Ass- we don't need weapons that are going to kill 400 people. Yeah, why and- am I not allowed to have a nuclear weapon in my garage? Right. Why can I not build it? Isn't it my right to just build whatever I want? Exactly. What is the difference between a gun that can kill and 400 people in a minute, or I build a nuclear bomb that can kill a million? I mean, what's the difference? Well, I, it, it's. Is it, it a numbers game? It is mind boggling. It is mind. Why is one person different from a million? Right. Why can't I build a nuclear bomb? Yeah. I, it's really this whole- I'm starting today. I feel like I hate, <laughs> I feel like the, the whole people around the world must be, you know, they have one mass shooting. They changed their guns. Oh, Australia. Little, yeah. And it's totally done. Totally changed. And they don't care. They don't, they love their guns yeah. more than they love their children. Yeah. Fucking fucks. I don't get it. No, right. believe me, I grew up in, in a hunter, hunting culture. My- parents you know my father had a gun right but i don't feel the need to have one i don't want that responsibility right i do not want to have an accident i do not now of course do i want to protect myself yes but you but know i'll just do kung fu yeah. yeah and look at your fucking muscles <laughs> no one bothers me um so varla is married now yes um 
you feel, do you feel settled? Do you feel? I do. You know, it's so interesting to have the dating taken out of your life or the, I mean, you know, the looking constantly for, yeah. looking. And sometimes you think, God, what do I do? Right. Yeah, I have all this extra time <laughs> and energy. I'll read but a book. But it's great yeah. to know, I mean, you know, to just know someone loves you yeah. and is there for you every minute. Right. I mean, oh, it's just- I'm going to vomit. And- <laughs> he does though, and he cooks yeah, for me. Yeah, he's adorable. He's sweet. And you don't look alike at all. Anyway, um, I want everyone to follow you. So where where can they find Varla you? Varla Jean Merman on Instagram. And that's good right now. It's that's Varla, all I'm doing. J-E-A-N Merman. Merman. M-E-R-M-A-N. Uh, on Instagram. I guess I got to do fucking Instagram. Just, so you got to do it. It's I also know. Facebook with just pictures. So even, I don't want to read yeah. anybody's shit anymore. I don't yeah, want to. You're right. You're right. Pictures are pretty. And if I want to read the thing I do, but you don't, you just thumb through the pictures. Um, and I know that sounds terrible, but I don't care. I just don't, you know, the, the rants about, uh, I just, you know, I know it's people awful. oversharing is just, Oh, I can't. That's no. a, my, that's a big, oh, no. big in my, you know what I hate most about hospital selfies. That's why that's a whole bit in my act. Oh really? <laughs> yes. I do a whole bit on that. <laughs> I have a whole bit about how about the hospital selfies. And I say that that Instagram and Facebook are are Munchausen syndrome. Yes. That's exactly Um, what it is. And also, I can't believe sometimes people take pictures of their grandmother dying in a bed. I know. What the fuck? No No one wants to see that. Or your dinner. No. Or your breakfast. (laughs) No, I agree. Oh, oh Hospital selfies. Yeah, yeah, that's better. So, um... Varla, it's your, where do the people find your, your calendar? Oh, varlajeanmerman.com. Okay. And you, you'll be, where are you going? You're in Provincetown? I'm in Provincetown. And then I'm going to, uh, I start touring the show, my show, A Star is Bored. And I start with Oasis in San Francisco from the 2nd to the 5th. Of September? Yes. Of October. Of October. Then I got a show with Judy Gold. Judy Gold and Varla Jean. <laughs> we're going to be, yes. Uh, Calderwood. Isn't it the 17th? Oh, it's or, the 17th. I, I'm is it? I don't know. We're yeah. going to be at the Calderwood at the Huntington. Check VarlaJeanMerman.com. Yeah. And that's going to be a great show yes. that we travel around yes. with. And um, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I have been, you are, I'm not kidding, guys. Check out Varla. Uh, Jeff is so fucking talented. I just thank you for being here. Thank you. And I'm telling you, Judy, when I first started to listen to you do your show every night, I was putting on my makeup. I mean, the comic timing, just, you know, and how you make a show different every night, but with some of the same material is, you know, unbelievable because some people can't do that. Thank you, Varla. I love you. You're welcome. And as we (laughs) always say, so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.